So I'm going to be uh, talking about uh, integrating practice into daily life. It's the last day of retreat, and and some of us on real occasion are thinking forward. <laughs> and um, so um, hopefully some of this might be helpful the, as the retreat continues for you in the next uh, week or so. You know, some people think of um, you know meditators as people who withdraw from life, um, but it's actually um, really the opposite. Uh, even though we may take time to you know really connect with ourselves internally, training the mind, um, the idea is that as we continue in our lives, we turn towards life. We turn towards what's beautiful. We see much more of the beautiful. And we're willing to look at the difficult, at the challenging, the challenging in our own hearts, the suffering we may see on the streets in our lives. Um, And we turn towards the ordinary, the things we don't normally notice, that most people just ignore, the the person at the check stand, the bus driver, the... uh, all the little... um, all the people that that are kind of... um, uh, you know, often unseen, and all the activities that are often unseen. So we turn into our lives and, and um, deepen our relationship with everything in our lives. You know, as I think we've said already more than once, uh, when we consider the gradual path, you know, one of the things that's so evident is that the Buddha uh, talks about these tr- first several trainings, and none of them mention formal meditation. And so, you know, a lot of people, including myself, you know, when I started practice, practice for me was sitting on the cushion, and that was it. You know, okay, I'm done, that's it, I don't want to hear about anything else, you know. And and with what I've learned, you know, after a while, uh, is that... Um, you know, if you spend most, if we spend most of our day uh, without examining our minds, without training our minds during our daily life, the ha- we're spending. If we meditate an hour a day, it means we spend all of the waking hours practicing greed, hatred, and delusion. <laughs> Um, and so the habits of mind that we encountered on the cushion, right? You know, how many of you sat down the first day and your mind was settled in here, right? What showed up? Our habits of mind, day in and day out, reaching for what we want, pushing away what we don't want. And so taking this practice and this incredible opportunity we've had of really spending some, some time like this and applying that to our days, you know, really valuing that the training in our days is just as important as the training on retreat. You know, sitting meditation, um, you know, you've probably noticed in daily life has kind of a natural carryover. You know, so for a little while we feel more mindful, more peaceful, until, um, you know, until my husband takes my coffee away. Um, you know, so, so you know, so there's this really nice carryover. Uh, but it works the other way around, too. You know, if we are very mindful during our days and we show up and uh, we toward, turn towards life, um, you know, when we go to sit down, 
or practice, it's like, well, we're already here. It's so much easier to settle, to be here, because we haven't gone very far away from our bodies. You know, we spend our days in our bodies, moving around, doing all these things. And if we stay connected with the body as we do uh, all our activities, and then we sit on the cushion, you know, the mind's just ready, just ready to settle. And I like to call, you know, I call it a positive virtuous cycle, you know, the opposite of a vicious cycle. You know, just the the formal reinforces the daily life, the daily life reinforces the formal. One of the things that inspired me uh, was um, to really pay attention to daily life was a friend of mine was really... um, um, you know, he was really impressed by people who could meditate for many hours. And he was at a monastery, and there was a monk there who, um, uh, you know, he, saw, he watched him meditate for seven hours without moving. You know, and he goes, wow, this guy's so advanced, so advanced. But every time he came out of, of meditation, uh, he would treat people meanly, grouchy, you know, and so he sort of missed some of the point around here. And, um, you know, and so to me, you know, it's like, okay, you know, so maybe, um, you know, sitting meditation isn't all that's needed. You know, it took me a while to realize, oh, it's the same mind, you know, there is... <laughs> Um, um, you know, like the monk who came down off the mountain, you know, in bliss, and someone jostled him and he punched them, right? You know, um, you know sometimes it takes people uh, to show us who we're clinging. Um, I remember one, one teacher was t- talking about how, she, you know, she sat this three-month retreat and she was like really looking forward to going home and impressing her family. And, you know, how enlightened she was. And she said within two hours she got into the worst fight she had ever gone to with her husband. You know, partly because, you know, her intention was like, I really want to impress him, you know. And it created all this tension, you know, all the tension. Um, yeah, the more we bring this practice into our lives, the more we see how precious and essential uh, it is to show up for, for everything. So, you know, the art of bringing, bringing the practice into daily life is remembering that it's an embodied practice. Our body is always here. So no matter how lost we are, you know, maybe no matter what we're caught by, you know, it's, it's always like, oh, well, what do I do? Oh, here's the body, right? And we just come back to our bodies. It doesn't matter how. It's right here, what's happening right here. Yeah, it gives us, you know, have the mind and body in the same place. You know, I, I like that. You know, um, as we're developing the skill of mindfulness, you know, some of them have, some of you have been doing a lot of this for many years. Some of you are just beginning. And, um, you know, at first when we develop uh, mindfulness in our activities, it feels like work. Uh, it's like, um, okay, come on, I just need a break, you know, of paying attention. You know, this, it just kind of has this feeling of, okay, I'll try again, okay. You know, and, and it's effort. Uh, but then there's a point, you know, like with any skill, where it becomes more like play. And we can, um, you know, I had a, um, 
someone I was mentoring, you know, and, and she was, you know, she liked meditating, but, you know, she hated walking meditation. And, and she didn't like anything in daily life either. And so I said, okay, try this, you know, try at home when you're alone, um, uh, dance from one place to another. So every movement in your body is, is like a dance, you know, and can you stay mindful with that? And she loved it, you know, she totally got into it, you know, and then she got it, you know, it's like, um, you know, mindfulness isn't this, this, you know, thing I'm paying attention that takes away uh, the, the ease of life. It adds the ease, you know, so she could play with it, to do what she needed to do to make it, to connect. Might look a little funny at work, but... Um, <laughs> So ideally, uh, um, you know, mindfulness and concentration work hand in hand. Each one enhances the other. And probably one of the most uh, important pieces of developing our concentration when we're not on retreat is practicing every day. And making a commitment, if, if you don't have one yet, you know, to sitting every day uh, is one of the most helpful things for maintaining the concentration that we've, you know, we've, we've developed during the retreat. It's, um, you know, mindfulness grows, you know, in a certain way. Concentration's a little bit like working out. If you stop working out, you sort of lose the ability to do it. And the concentration part, the part that keeps your mind steady, you know, here I am, here, here, here. That piece, uh, you know, requires the regularity of daily practice. And There's a, there's a number of things that can be really helpful. You know, everybody has found, uh, people who have a daily practice found the, their own container that gives them a support for their practice. And so if you don't have a daily practice, I really, um, I think it's really worthwhile to take some time to see what will really support me, what will really help me. And, um, you know, one of the things that, uh, you know, for a lot of us, having a place and a time that's always the place you meditate, always the time you meditate, so that we use the... Uh, our minds are so easily conditioned, you know, but often conditioned in the wrong direction. And so using the uh, tendency of the mind to be conditioned, we can use that as, the, as a tool to meditate every day, you know. So every time I walk by that spot, that's the spot my meditation spot. And every time the clock turns this time, that's when I meditate. And it may not work in your life, and there may be other creative ways to do this, but it's, it's uh, uh, one thing that's been really helpful for me is that regularity of doing it the same place. And, you know, having an altar. You know, a, a friend of mine, um, you know, I put little objects on my altar, you know, little things that have meaning for me, a little rock, um, you know, this little little head that my husband made, you know, that kind of reminds me of, uh, um, um, you know, a guardian of the hell realm, <laughs> you know, which is like kind of the guardian of the senses, you know, that's kind of how I see it. 
And so a friend of mine actually, he, he goes finds uh, dead things. You know, I mean, small things, you know. And <laughs> 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 he finds dead and, and uh, you know, watched it become, you know, uh, the remains and put him on his altar, you know, because he wanted to contemplate uh, impermanence and, and death. And, and so that's, that was what called to him. Um, uh, not very practical for some of us. Uh. <laughs> um, the other thing I, I found really helpful, you know, was um, finding... To, to really begin this in earnest is to find one activity that I was willing to 100% commit doing mindfully every day. And I made it, we made it really short, two minutes. It was brushing my teeth. And, uh, you know, so I would spend two minutes, you know, I divided in quarters, you know, so it's kind of like counting breaths, you know, counting teeth, you know. So, um, you know, and each each uh, each tooth would you know make find the contact between the bristle and the gum line, you know it's a meditation, and what's amazing about it, in those two minutes you know I could do two minutes without losing focus, and it taught me that you know that oh wow that that's really helpful for developing concentration. You know, it's that two minutes, you know, two, three times a day of regular practice was very, really helpful. And then about a month later, you know, adding something else. And then I added, I like water. I love water, warm water on my body. And so washing the dishes became the next area that I integrated in my life. So every time I'd wash the dishes, you know, it would be like, okay, this is my mindfulness practice. And the idea is, is that as you slowly commit to these things and um, bring them into your life, eventually it all starts weaving together much more easily. Um, in terms of, um, you know, probably one of the really, really helpful things for uh, um, building a daily practice is having a sangha, having uh, a group that we sit with. So for those of you uh, who live in the Bay Area, you have uh, an embarrassment of riches. You know, no, no uh, there's so much dharma in the Bay Area. You know, I, um, uh, for some years I taught the IMC online course, you know, where we're uh, supporting people, um, you know, and a couple of the, the people here are teachers for it. Um, and for years, um, uh, you know, there's people who, who are so isolated where they live, you know, and they're like the only person who meditates that they, they know or has had a thought about this practice, you know. And, and you know, they, they're so happy to get this connection, you know. And, um, and so um, I was mentoring a couple of friends who lived across the country from each other. You know, one of them was like really isolated where they lived. And uh, they decided that uh, they would call each other every morning and um, just say, Hi, I'm going to sit and meditate. Great. Okay, I'll do it. And, you know, just that, that little brief contact was enough for both of them to develop a really solid practice. You know, I don't know if they're still doing it or they need to do it, but it's just very, very sweet. Um, you know, there's uh, now there's, of course, you know, um, 
you know, uh, I know we discourage you from too much, too many devices, you know, but, but you know, you've got all your dharma, you know, there's great dharma talks, uh, but there's this insight timer where you can, um, I, use, I use a timer, but it also has a feature where if you put your name in, it tracks how long, when you're meditating, how long you meditate for, and it shows you everybody in the world who, who has the app, who's meditating at that time, which can be a lot of people. So, you know, it, it can, you know, kind of give you a lot of joy to know, God, I'm meditating with all these people right now who are all connected this way, you know. So it can be very, very sweet and very, um, very helpful. Um, inspiring reading, you know. Um, sometimes people keep a meditation journal, uh, so those things, look at yourself and see what is it that you need to support you. How can you really create a container that really helps helps you develop the practice this way? And at different times, we might use different practices, you know. And, um, uh, you know, as we said, this practice is an embodied practice. And, uh, you know, for me, I found it really helpful uh, to focus on keeping my belly soft. Uh, I spend most of my life keeping my belly just a little bit tight, you know. You know, let's keep it from sticking out quite as much, you know. And, uh, you know, I'm just relaxing it, you know. And... It amazes me how much tension there was in just throughout the day, just keeping that tightness. You know, a lot of people have been taught that that's the right way to have good posture, uh, but it isn't, you know. And uh, uh, so really, uh, you know, if that might be uh, a way for you to be embodied is by keeping the belly soft. Uh, Here's my body here, you know, here I am. You know, other people have a different way of feeling their bodies that's, that gives some kind of an instant connection. Um, like practices like Tai Chi or Qigong might do that, or yoga. Um, but, uh, you know, find a way to check in regularly on your body, you know, so that it, it's kind of something you keep returning to, getting in the habit of returning to being here in this body. Um, one of the uh, formulas I came up with, you know, at one point for myself was um, bro, B-R-O. Uh, you know, like a, it's like a brother that's, you know, supporting you next to you. You know, and it means breathe, relax, open. And it's just meant to be one breath. You know, you take one breath... And then just drop everything. You relax. And you open to what's in front of you. It's very simple. And in just that one moment, you show up. You just show up. You know, it's a relaxation response. It's, it's, um, you know, and it's something we can do throughout our lives. After um, 
a lot of my inspiration often comes after retreats, you know. I don't know if you notice, sometimes the, that creative mind gets gets going, you know, sometimes during the retreat, but, but you know, hopefully we save most of it till after. Um, but, um, you know, it was a few days after retreat, and I was, like, getting back to my projects and to my emails, and... Um, um, I was really into a project, you know, and I'd been sitting for hours without without a break. Um, and uh, I just didn't want to tear myself away, and I had to pee really bad, <laughs> you know, and I still kept, no, no, a little more, a little more, a little more. And then finally, when there was, there was really no hope, I just ran to the bathroom, you know, and just kind of, you know, and as I was coming back, I realized that level of, clinging and desperation to keep my mind where it was, you know. And so I, I made a, um, uh, a promise to myself that I would, from then on, I would um, be mindful and disengage from what I was doing when I got up from a chair, no matter what I was doing. And uh, so if I was at the computer, uh, you know, I would really set it down put the burden down, you know, and, you know, it actually never, never hurt my work, uh, amazingly enough, um, and, and I would do walking meditation wherever I went next, not necessarily slow, you know, uh, uh, to get a glass of water, go to the bathroom, uh, you know, walk to the front door, walk to the car, Whatever I did next, whenever I, you know, you get out of the car, okay, time again, you know, uh, uh, to disengage if my mind had been lost and be in my body as I walked to the next thing. And I found that so many times, you know, I get up from the sofa, I get up from the chair, uh, you know, eating, you know, to go, out, go do the dishes, you know, so... Um, you know, that practice has been a really incredibly transformative practice in my life. I know Gil, um, you know, he, he used to, you know, maybe, maybe he still does, I just haven't heard him recently. He talked about be- becoming aware when you walk through doorways because, you know, you're entering into new space. And, um, you know, that's a beautiful way to, to approach it also. Um, you know, I, I didn't do all these things all at once, by the way, you know. <laughs> you know, I'm kind of bringing them together because some things, you know, connect with people and, and everybody's like a little different, you know, what really connects with you. And, um, you know, one of the practices that I did, you know, after I've been sitting for many years, um, you know, I started asking myself the question, you know, doing some reflective practice of what's the edge of my practice right now? You know, how is my practice? What's the edge, you know? And, and uh, you know, and different things would come up, you know. Um, and, you know, I, and I would make it a theme for a while, like for a month or so. Um, and I remember the first one I ever used was patience, you know. And so I, you know, I would just listen to talks on patience, uh, read about patience, uh, 
uh, reflect on patients and watch pa- how patients played out in my life. Um, and I did, you know, did that with uh, different, uh, we did that with, I did that with the Parmes. I mean, of course, that was helped by a course we were doing. But, you know, you've spent a month focusing on each one of the, the Parmes or these, uh, you know, these qualities uh, that a Buddha, uh, any Buddha <laughs> develops and perfects, you know, like, pa- like patience is one of them. Um, but generosity, loving kindness, you know, and so you can, you, you know, whatever it, it is that that you feel like the most stuck on, you know, um, you know, like I realized how impatient I was listening to people who talk slowly. I think that was the trigger, you know. I was at a board meeting, and there was just someone who's talking so slowly. You know, a really good person, but just had the style of, of you know, taking five minutes where I would have taken ten seconds. And and um, and I saw, you know, all this aversion arise, and and um, and even though I really liked him, you know, beginning to not like him, you know. And it was all patience, you know. It's like, oh, this too, you know, and. Um, so you know you might look at that you know where 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 do you feel that edge that growing edge is for you um you know many of us have very busy lives you know and um and sometimes people uh you know, think about mindfulness, and it's like, I don't want to add one more thing to it, you know, but really mindfulness makes our lives more spacious. Uh, it doesn't add anything more. It actually gives us more, more, uh, more space to be, to be here, to do things, actually. And um, so some of the natural places, you know, to, uh, that we can choose to, to practice is uh, like waking up in the morning, you know, when we get up, when we're in bed, you know, like, um, you know, being mindful, stretching the body, not just jumping out of bed, just really showing up first, you know, um, you know, being grateful for a day, starting out with our attitude, with an attitude of a uh, wholesome attitude, instead of immediately running into, well, okay, where's my to-do list, you know? The other thing that that um, I think is really important um, to develop is uh, mindfulness of waiting. You know, we wait so much in our lives. You know, we wait uh, in traffic. Anybody who lives in the Bay Area really knows how to do waiting practice, right? Um, uh, you know, we wait on the phone. You know, we wait on these uh, um, online at the grocery store, and you know. I, I remember, you know, the first time I had the thought of that, you know, I was, um, you know, was, you know, I hit gridlock, you know, and it was just like, you know, this is going to take hours. And, you know, and, you know, my mind kind of, you know, timed up and contracted. And then finally I thought, okay, what would be the wise thing to bring into this? You know, and I said, um, I can celebrate more time to practice, you know, and and it was great, you know. It's like, of course, you know, we say we don't have enough time to practice. This is a perfect time to practice, you know. Practice standing in line, you know. You can practice uh, loving kindness or practice just being in the body. 
you know, transforming waiting into practice is, is a very, really helpful, um, uh, transformative uh, um, practice. In, in one of the other things that, that I did post-retreat, you know, as I said, I'm inspired after retreats, and, um, and um, the, the work I've been doing, um, you know, triggers, uh, it's, it's not quite as much as it used to, but uh, like a hundred emails a day. And, um, you know, so, you know, I'd come off retreat and I'd kind of dread, you know, going back to that, you know, it's, it's a lot, you know, and it, you know, felt uh, like this big weight, you know, and uh, I tried to kind of rush through it and, and, um, and I was, uh, so I started very gently, very, I, did, I decided to limit, and I really recommend this for any of you who have a lot of email, that you decide ahead of time how much time you're going to spend looking at your email the first few days back. You know, um, uh, it can help to decide ahead of time, okay, I'm going to spend 15 minutes doing email and then walk away for a while. You know, and instead of just all of a sudden, you know, post-retreat, just kind of, uh, you know, getting lost in it. But, um, but the practice that was the most meaningful for me was that I decided to uh, take one moment with each email and before I wrote it and connect with the person I was sending it to and, uh, and smile. You know, so regardless whether it was, um, you know, a uh, uh, totally unknown person, you know, uh, that is just, you know, is just asking a computer question or something, you know, or whether it's someone I knew, you know, really connecting, there's another being there. And, um, you know, and it's not that I, I write short emails, I don't write letters, um, but it was just the intention in my heart, you know, uh, to to smile and to see this being at the other end as the as I write the email. So as we bring mindfulness in daily life, you know, it's um, it's much easier to be mindful when we're alone. Um, it's a little bit harder when you've got um, uh, very excited kids around you, um, you know, political conversations going on around you, um, you know, a, a lot of activity, you know, around us. And, um, uh, you know, and one of the things I like to say is mindfulness of relationships is the advanced course. Um, you know, that's often, you know, we get caught with the people who know us well, or families, uh, the people we're very close to, um, you know, so or the people we work closely with, you know, and that's where um, it takes a lot more uh, skill to, to develop the practice and to develop, and this is where the precepts come in, uh, you know, why speech? You know, and why, why the precepts, you know, are like, you know, the virtue is the first thing, you know, the first training. It's so important. And, uh, and so in relationships, you know, keeping that at the forefront of our lives. 
um, you know, Gil, I really loved the way Gil the other night brought in the word kindness, you know, uh, and just, you know, he dropped it into our meditation, you know, kindness. And, and you know, keeping kindness at the forefront of our relationships. Um, you know, I've been married um, uh, 47 years, you know, and, um, you know, my husband's a practitioner also, and um, we're both... Um, you know, like any relationship, you know, you have ups and downs, uh, to say the least. And, um, and you know, we would get into these arguments, you know, and, and you know, you know, I'm, you know, I know I'm right, you know, and, and, you know, he would know he was right, and we would, you know, kind of, you know, have this conflict, and, you know, we would forget we love each other, right? You know, and, and, um and, you know, and then, you know, we'd feel really bad afterwards, you know, and it's like, uh, okay, you know, we, we both um, really are committed to being kind to each other. We love each other. We don't want to harm each other, right? Uh, and we had made an agreement um, that any time we got into it, that if one of us woke up, we had the permission to, to ask the other to please be kind, and it's a practice that that we did, you know, for for quite a while, you know. And and you know, and I remember the first time he did he he did that, you know, he said it to me, um, and um, and you know, and I was like right in the middle of this, uh, and I just saw, uh, 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 I just so much to to you know, and but but the realization was there, you know, the attachment, gosh, the flow, the the pleasure of that strength, it was it was so blatantly obvious, you know, and and I knew I had the commitment. It's not like it all kind of dissipated, you know, like that, but I you know I didn't immediately feel lovey dovey, you know, but but I stopped feeding it. I stopped feeding it with my stories. And it just, you know, subsided and, you know, and then my kindness came back. You know, and, and you know, my husband, and he, anyone who knows me, he's got, a, you know, quite a sense of humor. And, um, um, you know, one morning, you know, I was um, really irritable, you know, and and we'd been doing this practice for quite a while, you know, and, and um, you know, the day before we were talking about, you know, that why speech includes the tone of voice, you know, we're just having a discussion about why speech that it's not just what you say, but it's how you say it. You can say all the right things, but you can say in a very self-righteous tone, <laughs> you know. So, so the tone is, is everything, you know. Um, and, um, and so, you know, that, which is the point he was making. And so that morning, you know, when I was kind of irritable, you know, he, you know, he came up to me and, um, you know, kissed my neck and said, whispered to me, Please don't be a bitch. <laughs> In the sweetest voice. <laughs> Just be a sweet, sweet. But you know, but the practice of kindness doesn't require a partner. You know, it's it's nice if you have spiritual friends who help each other this way. Uh, maybe not necessarily with a commitment like that, but just having people who are practicing on the path together. So if you're able to have people in your life that you uh, practice this way, you know, it can be so supportive. 
you know, and um, there's so many opportunities for kindness in our lives. You know, the um, the Dalai Lama said, um, "Kindness is my religion." You know, and I really like that. You know, and and uh, you know, if it, it's it's kind of the in some ways it's just the, at the heart of this practice, non-harming, uh, uh, being kind. And so, you know, wherever we are, you know, we, we can practice with this, you know, the unseen people in the world, uh, you know, the kindness we can bring. Um, someone asked me today, you know, um, you know, for, for any stories, transformative stories in my life, and, and the one that, that, that's sort of interesting for me was... Um, um, one that is the most non-story that 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 I ever that inspired me so much. So it's kind of a non-story, and all it was was I was in a very, um, very sad mood. You know, it's very heavy. You know, and and you know, but I forced myself to go to the gym, and you know, as I was walking up the steps, uh, this young man I'd never met before was walking down the steps and gave me this really open, beautiful, happy smile and and kind of it saw me, you know. It's just like there was presence there, you know. That was it. That was it. Just this one moment, kept going down the steps and uh, and it, it actually got me out of my mood because there was this kindness and love in, in that look. He wasn't conscious or anything that, you know, he was going to do something for me, you know. It was just just this natural flow. And and it was just like this little reference point in my, in my mind. Um, you know, wow, if that had such an impact, uh, you know, how much can I help the world if... I'm, I'm nice, <laughs> you know, if I'm kind, if I allow myself to express that, express the things that show up in, on retreat, the, the softening of the heart, you know. And, um, and so it's just a sweet inspiration for me. So I hope that, um, you know, if, if some of the seeds of, of the, the different suggestions that I've made, if they touch you, that you uh, water them and flower, you know, make them grow. Um, and um, so I'll just end with, with uh, a, 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 you know, one of the quotes from the Buddha that I really, um, you know, I really like, you know, because for me, you know, working with mindfulness during daily life was a real struggle. It was very hard for me to make it real, you know, make it a real practice. And um, and the quote that, that really um, made me, you know, at first I said, I don't know if I believe that, but uh, but this is, this is it. It's just very simple. Um, you know, he said, with dripping drops of water, even a water jug is filled. And to not underestimate the power of just one moment of mindfulness. Just one moment. Just breathe, relax, open. Just one moment. So thank you.